Hello, everyone. This is Irliana Samsara back again with another edition of Star Sound Speaks, Star Sound Astrology. So this is a really big week as, as we've been speaking for a very long time. Um, yay, 2020 is over. Oh, right? Yeah, you made it, right? We made it. We made it this far. Well, um, good news. The, uh, the baby that was being born in labor all year, you know, the head was crowning, you know, in the fall and the final push, Saturn went into the sign of Aquarius, finally, um, and out of Capricorn, where it has been for the last two and a half, three years. It entered in December of 2017, and now at when it was zero Capricorn, and now it's zero Aquarius. And that's a whole different uh, ball game. Um, and I feel it will, all the hard work and sacrifices and efforts that we have had to make in the last few years in order to move forward collectively and individually, now is uh, you, we're going to see it bear fruit in a very new and dynamic and exciting way. Why is it new and different? Well, for two reasons. We've got Uranus in the sign of Taurus, right? You know, as it's been traveling through Taurus. And that's all about dropping um, our old fixed ideas of, and our, of our values and, and the things that are important to us and, and coming from a very dynamic, fresh perspective. And we also have, of course, the South Node in the sign of Sagittarius. So that would be that represents a kind of a falling away, a decay and an aging and a falling away of old belief systems and questioning, right? So the evolutionary path for all of us to take for since last May 2020, when it went, when the nodes shifted into Gem Sag until January of next year. So we have another year of this, of this journey of questioning, right? Not just believing everything you know, how's that, that saying, you know, believing in a, a gospel truth, you know, because it says so here. It's like, it's about intuitively grasping these high spiritual truths and, and living them for ourselves, direct experience of truth. Not because, because this thing says it on page 73 that, you know, of whatever religion, I, I'm not knocking any, any faith here, whether it's, you know, Christianity, Buddhism, Muslim, um, Judaism, it's whatever dogmatic um, belief systems have, have, have uh, locked us in, where, wherever that is, we want to embrace the mystical, the mystical aspect of, of all these world's religions or no religion or, um, you know, pagan druidic practice, you know, like whatever your, your boat is, you know, this is about uh, letting go of, of our fixed fixed ideas and beliefs about what we know to be true and to be willing to just put them aside and listen and come from another place and, and reach to another place, you know, with our ideas and our attitudes and our thinking. So this is all very exciting as Jupiter and Saturn together in Aquarius, you know, um, what, this, what this looks like. So I have some things here to share with you and uh, woof, it's always, <laughs> I tell you, every Friday. It's like, okay, I'm not taking any clients on Friday. I just devote the whole day to like this deep research of what I want to do. And um, I know what I want to say, but I always want to get my facts, you know, and line up things to, um, to just show us, you know, that what's the narrative here. So anyway, having said that, 
let, let's move let's move into this and uh, just jump in and and uh, you know see what we got. So Jupiter and Saturn in Aquarius. Those are the two, Jupiter and Saturn are the two biggest bodies, planetary bodies in our solar system. They're huge. They're gas giants. Um, Jupiter is the largest. It's even bigger than Saturn. Of course, Saturn has the ring, so he, you know, he looks special. <laughs> the both of them are very special. Uh, Saturn is is represents um, wow, so many things. You know, society and uh, the collective and um, our the qualities of of discipline and focus and ambition and achievement and hard work and time. And, and aging too, aging and decay and the, the passage of time, timelessness, you know, timeless qualities, uh, legacies, lineages, you know, things of that nature. And uh, Saturn in Aquarius, you know, it's been in Capricorn. So that, you know, and I have to say too, that that was, you know, in, in ancient astrology, Saturn is ruled by Aquarius. So it's in its domicile. In um, it is, which it's a term in, in astrology. It means it's very at home there. So Saturn is, uh, you know, really two rulers, Capricorn and Aquarius. But um, in in it, it's really going to do better in Aquarius. It's kind of like it's it it's just going to flourish. So I'm going to take you back in time, and we're going to show you because we know cycles of time. We're going to go back and look and see how did this play out in the past, and how can we use that as clues to assist us as we move forward. So as we know, uh, Saturn and Aquarius, and then Jupiter, before I go ahead with the timeline, I just wanna say, you know, Jupiter and Aquarius is, um, Jupiter is the planet of God consciousness, right? It's like Jupiter is the Roman name for Zeus, the Greek name Zeus, right? And he was the, the dude, the, 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 the CEO <laughs> of, of the heavens of the pantheon, right? The entire Greek pantheon was by Zeus. And so he was the chief. So it's, and Jupiter is the law, you know, the scales of justice, it's, it's the law and it's morality and doing the right thing. And, um, you know, justice, all of these, all of these qualities. It's also about philosophy and higher wisdom and spirituality and confidence and optimism and foreign travel and, travel to faraway places um, the, and you know, this expansion of, of self and, and um, going, boldly going right where no one has gone before, you know, that's very Jupiterian. Um, so now Jupiter, which has been in Capricorn for the last year, uh, it's not really, Cap Jupiter in Capricorn is, Jupiter, that's in its, he's in its detriment. That's, that's not a good place for Jupiter because Capricorn's a very restrictive, you know, it's like, oh, you'll get your award, but you got to work for it. You got to put in the, you know, sweat and tears. Well, Jupiter doesn't like that. You know, Jupiter wants to take that Neiman Marcus, uh, you know, gift certificate and go wild. No. <laughs> um, so uh, Jupiter in Aquarius is going to be a bigger, it's, it's going to be a whole different shift. And so he'll, he'll be out of, I'm saying him, you know, just whatever, whatever, right? Jupiter will be out of its, um, you know, transit in, in Capricorn tomorrow, and it will be at zero degrees of Aquarius. And both uh, Jupiter and Saturn are meeting up. Of course, our solstice is coming this Monday. The, um, the solstice, winter solstice in the Northern Hemisphere and summer solstice in the South. 
And so the two of them together is, uh, you know, it's quite a powerhouse. So um, we're, we're looking at uh, enormous opportunity here. We also have to remember too that um, Uranus in Taurus, it's retrograde and on Monday, it's gonna be at its sixth, it, it's going to retrograde back to six degrees, 36 minutes. Well, it's gonna be hit that, it's at seven right now and it's gonna to go to six on Monday. So it's gonna be at the point at which it will, it's slowing down because it's ready to go direct again. It's been retrograde since the middle of August. And now it's about to make that U-turn, slowing down to make that U-turn, right? And to move forward. <clears throat> well, Aquarius, the modern ruler of Aquarius is Uranus. So you have Saturn in Aqu uh, Aquarius, Jupiter in Aquarius, and then the ruling planet of Aquarius is in, in modern astrology is in Taurus. So uh, there's a, and they're gonna, Uranus is going to make a square, a challenging aspect with Jupiter and Saturn. And that's gonna be one of the major transits of next year. I'll be talking more about that in future videos. But just suffice it to say that next month is gonna be an interesting ride. <laughs> um, and uh, with all of these, the, that Uranian energy and the um, Aquarian energy about progress and forward movement, it's all gonna become, you could say it, it can, it'll be definitely at one point will be coming to a head and it will really be very much so for the United States uh, because in the chart of the United States, the, um, it is, um, uh, what do you call it? Um, the, the nodes of the USA are in Leo and Aquarius. So that, that's at a, it's like a T-square, right? So you got Leo Aquarius, and then you got Taurus, right? That Uranus is now in Taurus, so it's making a, a T-square to, um, to the nodes of the US. So a Uranus, that's, an, that's a real push to be inventive and change and stand up and um, work together. It's all about, very interesting because like, you know, Bernie Sanders, who is a progressive Democrat, is, is, as we know in America, um, his, his campaign slogan when he was running for president was, um, we, not me. So that's very, very Aquarian. And even the Biden, president-elect Biden and vice president-elect Harris, um, they their, um, the name of their plan, or I don't know if it's the administration or the current project is called Build Back Better. That's totally Aquarian, you know? So it's as we were entering that, that that'll evolve as we we're getting ready to enter into this um, wonderful, wonderful new chapter in history. So yes, it's all about progress, progress, change, change for the better, um, you know, it, it's, it's it fixed air, Aquarius is a fixed air sign. So it's about the intellect and ideas and visionary ideas stay and, and uh, bringing them together and creating the base, like solidifying ourselves with progressive, um, inventive ideas, revolutionary breakthroughs, right? So this is all what's available to us. And then when I say progressive, I, I want you to take it out of any possible um, political uh, context. I, I'm talking about progress in general, okay? So just to say that. So uh, anyway, yeah, so, so uh, let's dive in and, and look at that timeline. So this timeline, well, we always look back in history to see, you know, where was, what was the last time Jupiter and Saturn were Aquarius? Let's go, let's look and see what was happening in the world at that time, because that's going to give us some clues and we can use those clues 
for this particular cycle. And, um, and I also have to say too, before I jump into the timeline, you know, or as part of the timeline, you have to understand that this is, this is a big, this is not just a planet changing signs, you know, like the sun will change signs, you know, every, you know, 12 times a year, right? Goes through the whole zodiac. Saturn changes signs every, about every two and a half years. Jupiter changes signs every once, about once a year. But this is not just an ordinary sign change. It's always important when a planet goes to the zero degrees, you know, it's the first degree of the sign is zero degrees. However, Saturn and Jupiter, they, in the, in the incredible vast panoply, I don't know how that word came up, <laughs> of nature, this incredible, uh, the, the incredible design of nature with the planetary movements and cycles and cycles within cycles, Jupiter and Saturn both come together in the same sign every 20 years. So 20 years ago in 2000, they came together in the sign of Taurus. And they've been in the sign, <clears throat> excuse me, they've been in the sign, in Earth signs for the last 200 years. So obviously none of us are old enough to remember when they we're not in the earth signs, right? So since about 1820, um, they've been in, in uh, either Capricorn, <clears throat> Taurus, or, <coughs> or Virgo, excuse me. Where's my water? Oh, hold on, gotta get my water. Okay, I'm back, thank you. Oh, I had to wet my whistle. So for 200 years, um, they've been in the sign of uh, earth signs, right? And after 200 years, Jupiter and Saturn will then move into air. So it's like, you know, earth, air, fire, water, earth, air, fire, water. So this is a cycle of time. Well, in the earth signs, that was all about, well, think about it, it's earth, it's 3D, it's heavy, it's, it's materialism, right? Capitalism and uh, that conquering idea. It's you know, this um, sense of, of achievement through things on, on, on the earth and um, just a very a different approach to, um, to our reality, right? Saturn can be, be government society and the, the very warp and weft, the very weave of our society. And uh, anyway, so the nature of our reality has been very earth oriented. You know, you think about things in history, like, you know, we, you know, the Eiffel Tower and these engineering marvels and dams and things. It's like, oh, we're gonna conquer nature. We're gonna, we're gonna uh, use our, um, our skills and, and, and focus on the earth and create all these things. Well, you know, some of it was good, but you know, of course everything has its shadow. But now we're into a new phase. Uh, when, when the uh, signs change into air signs, this is all about air, it's intellect, it's ideas. And in the sign of Aquarius, build back better, you know, that's, that's, that really sums up a lot of that. Um, and it's, it's very much invention and um, unity and diversity, you know, so um, it's exciting to, to uh, know that we're stepping, it's also about, you know, Aquarius is about the unknown and the, um, and something truly um, to be, I would say too, to be comfortable with being uncomfortable that might be a good um, base to operate from. Having gone through what we've gone through in 2020 with 
the um, Jupiter, Saturn, and Pluto all in Capricorn. It was busting up and breaking down this heavy Earth-centered energy and that materialism is, is systemic racism, imperialism, you know, colonialism, all those old, old structures that had to dissolve and break in order to bring forth something new, right? You've got to clear the slate. We are still, of course, in the middle of this pandemic. And um, I have an invitation for you later. I'm going to share about, um, you know, using this energy and, and one possible way we could we could uh, engage ourselves and the potential and bring about, you know, true and lasting breakthroughs. But I'm going to get to that a little later. Um, anyway, so the timeline. So um, the 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 last time that Jupiter and Saturn were in Aquarius was in uh, the year 1405. So what's that? 600 years ago. And of course, when we think about that in the West, we had um, the Renaissance, right? It was the beginning of the Renaissance. So the Renaissance, what was that all about? Well, there was this break from, there was the discoveries, right? We, what did we just, um, discover, was it Leonardo da Vinci? He discovered the, um, the golden mean. <clears throat> so he, it allowed um, artists to draw the, um, you know, the golden ratio, you've seen the picture, like a nautilus shell in the circle, right? The mathematical constants. And it enabled, uh, it was a huge breakthrough. It enabled the uh, painters of the time to draw to scale. So the anatomy of the body, you, you're probably familiar with the Vitruvian man that, that's, you know, which, which was one of uh, the illustrations that Leonardo drew of the man with his arms and legs stretched out, right? So this is all about showing everything in divine harmonic perfection. And so all of the art, uh, the, the paint figures and sculpture and painting were all with, of course, the correct proportions of arms and legs. If you look at early uh, pre-Renaissance, late medieval painting and Byzantine painting, the faces and the symbol, you know, on, on mosaics and, and paintings were not drawn to, you know, to scale. It was not in that proper mathematical harmony. They hadn't cracked the code yet. So um, da Vinci cracking the code was, was huge, right? So that, that was one example of here's this, you know, Aquarian, right? Mathematical scientific breakthrough and all the effects, you know, that, that it uh, had. And of course, bringing back, you know, all the painters rushed to create, you know, the ancient Greek and Roman uh, sculptures and art and everything looking like the Grecian past. And um, it was really an, an incredible uh, resurgence of these ancient uh, you know, books, knowledges, it was, and, and the way to draw them and represent them. So that was like a, a pretty good idea. Another thing that happened in, in, um, in the year 1405 in my research I discovered was, um, there was a general by the name of uh, a, a Chinese um, admiral in the Ming Dynasty, and he was uh, Admiral Zhang He, I think I'm pronouncing it right. Um, he set sail to go around on a world voyage, you know, to discover new worlds. And so that was a big deal, obviously, in, in 1405. So that, you know, the question for, for us might be, you know, where, where would you like to sail into new places? Right. There was like he, he didn't have they didn't have maps and radar and GPS like we do now. So there was a lot of unknown. You didn't know if you'd make it. 
right? So many ships were lost at sea in, in those days. Well, setting sail to go around the world, that's a, a perfect example, right? Going into the unknown to discover new things. It's very, very Aquarian. Uh, let's see. Then the next um, previous to that, before 1405, was uh, 1226, the year 1226. And uh, what was going on for the world in 1226? Well, um, for one thing, there was the uh, Crusades, the Albigensian Crusades. Uh, and those Crusades were um, the, uh, the Catholic Church had amassed great power and they were trying to, it was a battle between them, the, the status quo, um, and a group of people that were living mostly in the southwest of France in a little town called Albi. So they called the Albigensians or the people who lived in Albi. And most of those people were Cathars. And that was an, a, a group of, that kind of broke away from the Orthodox, I don't say Orthodox meaning Greek Orthodox, it's just um, the, the traditional conventional views of the church at the time. And they, they interpreted, you know, Bible and Jesus and all those teachings in a different way. And they were, um, they were, they didn't eat meat. They uh, were very feminist or they, they really were there for the leadership of women. So it's a group that you would consider in this day and age, very progressive. Well, the church didn't like that. And they were, uh, and they went after them, you know, unfortunately, but again, it's just showing you this this clash between you know the status quo and the these um, this group of people right now that took place over a very long time the the Crusades right it's not like a one one off thing right it took decades um, however um, it's interesting to when you consider that um, there was uh, you know I think there's more to this than we hear about in history. I think there's, if we go in and intuit these things, we'll come up with some pretty uh, fascinating um, insights. Um, and I, I have to say one time, I, I will digress here and say, there was a man I met many years ago who gave a talk locally in my community. And I remember him talking about these esoteric records and things that had been found, even that might, you could consider from like otherworldly sources, like extraterrestrial sources or other dimensional levels of information. And uh, one of the things he talked about was, I remember this, cause I, I mean, it's certainly not who talks about the Albigensian Crusades, right? You know, so the last time I thought about the Albigensian Crusades was this, this talk that this man gave. And he said that, um, that that the Crusades, of course, if you listen to the you know narrative of the, the Vatican at the time, they were going to say, oh, we're going to stamp out heretics and you know kill them. Uh, so um, the uh, and and what this represented, well, he said the word Albi was uh, it it translates to fairy, and it's interesting because the Cathars, the etymology of the word Cathars, which were the the sect, the Christian sect that were, um, were in that area, um, that translates from the Greek, uh, which means the pure ones. So it was this um, effort to, you know, stamp out this, this, I think, pretty hip community, you know, they're feminists, they don't eat meat, and, uh, you know, they're just <laughs> cool people. <laughs> and uh, not that I would necessarily agree with everything they 
you know, uh, there's other things that many of them took these certain things to an extreme. So, you know, we have to look at all this, you know, in a, in a broader context, but the idea being like, what can we learn from this with, with um, Jupiter and Saturn in Aquarius at the time? And uh, so it's this desire to embrace more holistic and progressive concepts, you know? And so at that time, it didn't work out for the Cathars, right? They, they eventually, about 50 years later or so, they were all, it was just done, right? That sect was just pretty much, it was disbanded very, uh, very sadly, right? In that case. Uh, so, um, but I would say that it, this represents this, um, this the, the status quo versus moving forward and different points of view, you know, so engaging ourselves in different points of view. The other thing is um, with, with the Saturn in, um, in 1226, Jupiter and Saturn in, it wasn't just the, uh, it was, you know, Orthodox Christianity versus unorthodox Christianity, you could, you could say that because Jupiter is about organized religion, right? It can, it rules religion. So this um, push and pull, you know, that they engaged at that time. Um, the other thing too, that was interesting about that time on a, on a lighter note, um, I remember my art history classes and I loved art history when I was in college. I just was fascinated with the progress of, of time and how, you know, humankind expressed themselves. And I remember my uh, professor telling us about um, the Gothic cathedrals and how I love cathedrals. When I went to Europe, I remember going and making time to visit all the, you know, as many of the great cathedrals that were in my path of, of travel. And, uh, and I remember in the, the Gothic architecture, it reached its zenith really in, the, in that 1200, the, in the 1200s, right? So 1226, it would have been definitely during the high point or what high Gothic, they call it high Gothic architecture, right? So high Gothic, what does that represent? Well, it was at its zenith, right? So we have uh, enormously, um, incredible art. If you ever, if you look at the various, um, the cathedrals of that time, Notre Dame, um, the Cathedral at Reims in France, in the north of France, that was um, the coronation cathedral for all, all the coronations of the kings of France going back, you know, starting in the Middle Ages, were in that cathedral. Um, up until, you know, later on, I think it shifted to Notre Dame. But anyway, that was um, it's almost, I rem and I did go there too, and I saw it for myself. I was very, very uh, grateful for that opportunity. And to stand there and to see these high, high, it was something like 240 feet high, uh, the, the vaulted ceilings. Well, at that time, they had in, invented um, what's called the flying buttress and rib vaults. And these were engineering breakthroughs that enabled them to build these really, really high two stories of stained glass windows. So the old Gothic architecture was lower and it was heavier, it was more Byzantine. And they didn't know how the engineering breakthrough wasn't there to build those. They wanted to build higher walls because they felt like, you know, I wanted to reach God. You know, that's, that was the, the belief is like to be closer to God, to, to feel that sense of expansiveness. Well, they couldn't do it with um, the, the early Gothic architecture. If you look this up and look at the pictures, you'll see they're very heavy and they didn't have the wherewithal. Well, 
when they um, engineers, which by the way, Saturn rules engineering and architecture. And when they developed these, um, the flying buttress, which is like a, 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 round, a vaulted arch, right? It's like this, um, it's, a, it's an outside support. It looks like a rib almost. And there's, there, if you look at like the outside of, of any of these great cathedrals, you'll see these, these beautiful, delicate, uh, strong, but very beautifully made uh, outside arch supports. And that allowed the builders to build higher and to build a second story of stained glass windows. So that's why it enabled them to do these outrageous, huge stained glass windows, like in Chartres Cathedral, uh, the rose window. It's just, you know, out of this world. So, uh, and literally out of this world is, that's the Aquarian, right, archetype. So just think, um, during that time period, and if you ever have a chance to go to these cathedrals and to see these, you, you feel so expansive. You, 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 you automatically bring your head up and you, you gaze at that high, high ceiling um, and, and to look at the light coming through, right? There's so much light is streaming through these windows. So it gives you this sense of wonder and awe and otherworldly presence, you know, which takes you away from the mundane concerns of the earth plane. So that's, that's very Aquarian. So that's what was happening in 1226, right? We had these, this, this, this breakthrough, it, it's all about newness and um, these engineering marvels that allowed us to move forward. So this is what we're gonna be revisiting now. We have, now of course in our day and age, we have AI, you know, technology and a lot of it is artificial intelligence. And so yes, there is the potential for enormous breakthrough and um, being able to uh, embrace the very best of these things, of course, is, is our wish. And um, the shadow being, you know, too much AI, right? So we don't, uh, Jupiter is about expansion and sometimes it just turns up the dial. So it can be like too much, you know, too much of, too much um, in, the term, in terms of uh, technology and, and uh, moving into, and where it can isolate us and uh, restrict us and challenge us as well. So that's something that we wanna work out, you know, in the collective and in our own lives, you know, how much technology do you engage with and, um, you know, for what purpose? Is it for making a better world or is it just to um, isolate oneself? You know, these are like the questions that we wanna ask ourselves. So uh, having said that, um, I noticed that when uh, just the, you know when when Saturn went into uh, zero Aquarius, I have now we're back in this century, um, you know, looking at this this takeaway, you know, what engineering marvels, what can we engineer in ourselves, what kind of structures do we want to put into place in our lives, in our um, what kind of boundaries do we want to set up? What kind of, uh, where do we want to focus and where, what do we want to achieve that's going to help the world? That's going to be a more of a sharing consciousness. That would be more of a Saturn in Aquarius. And Jupiter is there, the beneficence, you know, to, to amplify that and to um, boost us in a more spiritual direction. You know, so um, I, I have to say what's, what was very wonderful news this week was that uh, President-elect Biden uh, nominated Deb Haaland, the New Mexico Congresswoman, to be the first Native American in Secretary of the Interior.
Now, of course, any Native American in Congress period is a huge breakthrough. There's only a handful of them. I think they're all women, few of them women. Well, um, the fact that she is nominated to be the Secretary of the Interior, it, it, it's really uh, an incredible circle completing because if you do your history, you'll remember that um, the Department of the Interior was the federal department that was really orchestrated the native genocides, the Native American genocides in, in the 1800s, uh, the 19th century. And so uh, to have a Native American there, of course, and, and she is known and was many members of Congress wrote a letter to President-elect Biden and said, look, you know, we really want you to nominate her because she has done enormous work in bringing the tribes together with the government and, and having them each work with each other which is so wonder, you know, that that's so Gemini Sag, right? You know, uh, let's listen to another point of view. And of course, very Aquarian, you know, coming together and um, moving beyond the chaos and the, and the trauma and the catastrophe of, of that genocide and coming around to heal and to renew and to uh, bring forth something better and to be more, connected, you know, connecting all peoples, all, all elements, you know, uh, so yeah, very exciting news. So anyway, um, what else, what might we expect with, um, you know, the, oh, one other thing too in the news I saw was this um, Israeli general, he was, uh, he's 87, so he's in his third Saturn return, he's retired general, he came out um, now this was technically a few, a couple of, about a week ago. Um, and so forgive me if I, I don't think I've mentioned this before, but anyway, he, um, it was on NBC news, believe it or not, that he, he said that um, there are, there actually are ETs and that president Trump knows about them and, but he's not allowed to talk about them. So I know Trump likes to tweet, do all the Twitter, right? But apparently I haven't seen anything in that regard, but he did say this and it was on like a major news outlet, at least one of them. So I thought, well, that's not a surprise because as we said, you know, we're definitely gonna be seeing more. Here we are, you know, that when it came out on about the 8th of December, it was a week before the eclipse, which is conjunct, was conjunct the galactic center. Uh, of the Milky Way. So I knew that, you know, ET information and revealings uh, and, and would be coming forth, you know, naturally. So yeah, there's one of them. Uh, but I found it really um, quite fascinating that, you know, here's this very decorated general and he had been in, in that uh, space security agency role in Israel for like 30 years. So, you know, this was no low ranking guy, right? He was at the very top of his uh, career and profession to be speaking about these things, you know, that's really controversial. So uh, definitely going to be seeing more of that, especially with the solstice, um, with Jupiter and Saturn conjunct in Aquarius on the solstice. That's, that's a really uh, powerful, uh, talk about a powerful portal. Zero degrees of any sign is is um, what's called a critical degree. And it will give you the little preview of what's gonna be unfolding over the next, in the case of Saturn, two and a half years. So we can look forward to, you know, watch the news and watch what happens in your life because the themes that you're seeing now are ones that are gonna play out, you know, um, collectivity and community versus being isolated. 
Is there somebody who's lonely and cut off and marginalized? Can you reach across the table and can you check in on your neighbor? Can you, can we um, really get beyond our own selfishness and self-centeredness and come together for a greater purpose? That would be a definitely, a, you know, some good questions to ask ourselves. And you know, how can we, how can make we make that work? Let's see. Um, so the the zero Aquarius, yeah, it's, it's a preview of coming attractions, and uh, you know, Jupiter being there as well would be preview of coming attractions as it is as it regards um, unknown truths, perhaps you could say, uh, things that have are ready to be revealed. Uh, justice being served, investigations undertaken, uh, you know, journalistic breakthroughs. So these are um, these are places where you know things will be uh, you know potentials for for transformation, and it's of course this is our you know twenty year cycle in um, in the, these in the, well the air signs. Um, it's the beginning of a new twenty year cycle, and this cycle happens to be in the sign of. Um, of Aquarius, and then it's gonna, you know, in 20 years from now, it'll be Libra, and then 20 years from then it'll be Gemini. So it'll be air, air, air. Um, but the Aquarian air is truly the um, the one that's, uh, don't see it coming, uh, very, uh, can be mind boggling, and we just have to be willing to um, be comfortable with the unknown. Yeah, I would say that's probably the best advice for that. Um, Let's see, anything else I wanted to say about that? Checking my notes. Oh yeah, so, you know, I think about Uranus energy and Uranus being the modern ruler of Aquarius. And, uh, and you, you, I think about the Kundalini uh, energy in the body. If you study yoga, you know, Kundalini yoga um, is a whole branch of yoga that deals with this, um, you know, this, the light body and the nervous system, right? So I would think that there's a major upgrade, right? That, that there's something at hand here where if we cultivate using breath work and pranayama, very, very great practices to do, to prepare the body and to bring ourselves into a higher level of awareness and consciousness. This is gonna be so, so important um, as we are moving away from the dense Capricorn-ish, you know, the dense third dimensional plane into a higher form of being. We're gonna feel an enormous sense of freedom. Uh, what's available to us is, you know, freedom, um, independence, um, a feeling of letting go of, of the shackles, you know, that have, have held us back, um, thinking outside the box, uh, being okay with our uh, the unusual different parts of ourselves and and diversity and finding unity in not into being a herd herd mentality that's very shadow right this shadow Aquarius is this herd mentality we want to be in a in a we mentality but embracing everybody's differences when you, you think about something like you know think of like Star Trek or you know some sci-fi whatever your favorite sci-fi um, you know, movie or franchises. Think about all those characters. Every one of them is different. You know, you've got like Captain Kirk and then you've got Spock and he's like, they're so different. And then there's the, the doctor and there's um, Uhura, you know, and, and, and all these, right, these in Star Trek, right? All these characters and they're each, they all work together 
but they're each absolutely unique and completely developed. There are no clones. There are no clones on these spaceships in Star Trek, right? There's unless so the bad guys with clones, right? But <laughs> interesting lesson, right? Codex. Um, so develop yourself. Yeah, develop yourself uniquely and richly and fully. Um, really establish that as the as the your uniqueness is is what is going to create a beautiful tapestry of the world. You know, of the world we're moving into. It's it's depending upon our uniqueness. It depends upon us thinking for ourselves. So um, yeah, so there's that. Let's see. Oh, I also in terms of the breath and all, and I think of Saturn like the breath and the and the nervous system being very Uranian, and in terms of um, Saturn energy of integrity and and uh, creating the status quo. This it's interesting dichotomy. It almost seems like, but finding the status quo and being different. <laughs> think about that one. Um, but in the integrity, that's, that's something uh, perhaps to consider that integrity would be our new currency. Instead of the, the, the colonialist materialist world, what if integrity is what we traded on? Our integrity, our own personal integrity and you know, doing what's right. Like having an idea for currency rather than a thing like a gold coin or a dollar. You know, it's like, what, what are we going to really trade on? It's not going to be material. It's something else. So something to consider. Uh, let's see. Okay. Um, I would say the best advice for this in this particular, because um, I'm going to give you that idea I was sharing earlier with you. Um, who to be, you know, like, like a really powerful mindset for navigating this uh, timing would be um, maybe ask, how can I help uh, my fellow man, woman, non-binary, you know, even better, right? The LGBT community, um, communities, you know, black and indigenous people of color, any marginalized community, brownie points, total brownie points really like that's the whole it's the whole idea is it's not I mean it's great to help somebody but what if you help somebody that had a completely different point of view than you you know spend time with them talk to them it's not about trying to convince each other of your right point of view because there's just points of view there are no right points of view and so they, that's something to try on. And if that's confronting to, to you, then you definitely want to try that on. Uh, but how can I help? Um, how can I reach across the table? Who do I need to reach across the table to? My parents that are driving me crazy? You know, <laughs> um, my, um, you know, people who are maybe bosses and authority figures, maybe, maybe people who are older that are harder to, um, maybe they, anyone who has rigid beliefs or fixed beliefs, uh, but to be compassionate about it. And, uh, and, you know, this is not about making people wrong. We're, we're just asking, how can I volunteer? You know, who needs help? Maybe we can go to the food pantry. Um, I'm thinking too of, um, 
you know, I'm really inspired to be uh, with with COVID being still so intense right now, and we don't know when it's going to plateau, uh, but hopefully soon. But we can say, you know, prayers and uh, various uh, ways of praying. Right? It doesn't necessarily mean just sitting and praying, and you know, not that the, nothing wrong with that. Mantra is great. Yoga. We could dedicate gardening or a walk to to um, people, or we could take something on ourselves, like our own, um, maybe do a fast or a word fast or a juice fast, uh, maybe make a, a commitment. I'm, I'm still feeling that out. I'm, I want to do something. I'm very inspired to do something maybe one day a week, you know, like a speech fast where I'm not going to talk or I'm not going to go on technology. Ah, oh my God, right? Put the phone down. Uh, you know, and if that's confronting to you, that's probably something that you need to do. It's something that you really feel like you're giving something up because the energy of that, that's, that sacrifice, that pressing in and uh, of, of limitation and all, it's like a balloon. You press in one side and it opens up on the other side. So think about that. How can this work? It can work. And by taking on some kind of a sacrifice on some kind of restriction, it will allow an expansion of consciousness, you see. And that is, talk about invisible energy, right? That's where Aquarian is not concrete, right? It's, it's this quantum field gets expanded and that quantum field expanded and our consciousness expanded can only help humanity. It will help COVID. It will help end this intense uh, journey that we're all on, this very, very serious uh, situation that has affected the entire planet. So just some thoughts, words of wisdom things to try on, but whatever, you know, I'm, I'm just really inviting you to take on something that's just a stretch, it's a little stretch. And that stretch is gonna, you know, it pings us and that's good. So we're not in this lazy kind of, you know, world on autopilot, something that can really call us to be, have a step up. So I'm gonna figure it out and, uh, you know, I'm sure of the next day or two, I'll, I'll figure out what I'm going to exactly be doing in that in that regard. And I'll let you know. And if you have any uh, ideas to share, just leave them in the comment box below. Um, it's always great to hear that. And, you know, we can share ideas or you can write to me, you know, whichever starsoundastrology.com. Um, if you need a session to know where, please contact me, where does Jupiter and Saturn come together in your chart? You know, where is that going to occur for you and where what area of your life is going to be impacted by this by this change is it's always going to be one certain area. And then how will that light up the rest of your chart so I can help you with all that. So, um, yeah, that's probably um, oh, oh, one other thing is just uh, December 23rd, right before Christmas, Mars is going to make its final square with Pluto. And so that's intense. <laughs> and so that's the challenge to, you know, who am I going to be, Mars, my identity, my sovereignty, my light, my passion, you know, and how can I meet that with responsibility, 
where I'm not uh, being, you know, a conquering energy where it's, it's not, it's turning aggression into passion. And how can I do that in a way that's going to assist others? And how can I, where do I meet my challenges? Are there any un, unseen uh, mechanisms that are running me in terms of survival, in terms of how to surviving my family, surviving my boss, surviving society, you know, um, surviving the, the status quo um, and, and to overcome and heal, to heal these things that might be hidden from us, the mechanisms might be hidden, but that it will enable us to um, invent a whole new uh, base of reality for ourselves and where we can really come into our power, standing up for ourselves. Um, so anyway, yeah, just wanted to mention that. So um, thank you all for listening. I am very grateful um, to be here and grateful for all of you. Um, if you have any ideas about what you'd like me to cover, that's always, you know, always welcome. Irliana at starsoundastrology.com. You can send an email through the website or you could, um, you know, down below, leave a comment. And um, it's just great to be able to assist you all. Um, and it's it's a me and we thing, right? It's it's just you know you you all have helped me so much, and I'm very grateful for all the feedback um, that I receive from you. It's um, I always take it in my heart. And uh, anyway, I just wanted to say in in closing, you know, just a little prayer. Um, may we come from our heart and and see and feel all the potentials that are available to us as we move into this new era of understanding. May we find unity and diversity and peace and enormous freedom and enlightenment as these planets come together. And so it is. Don't forget to look for Jupiter and Saturn in the sky at sunset. It's gonna, you know, that Christmas star they're talking about. Yeah, it's gonna look pretty special. Uh, I saw it last night and it was, it was pretty cool. It was getting closer and closer, right? Um, but Saturn is of course further away. So the brighter one of the two is Jupiter and you know, it's closer and, and bigger, but they'll all they'll merge as one big ball of light on on the solstice, so yay, very excited. What a, what a time, right? What a time to be alive. Anyway, thank you so much. Um, namaste, peace, namaste. I, the light in me salutes the light in you. So thank you. This is Irliana Samsara, Star Sound Speaks, Star Sound Astrology. Thank you all for listening. <laughs>